Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, how do we say it? We live, we love, we serve. Amen. Listen, you take a seat for a second. This is a long scripture to read this morning. We are still in our unstoppable series. Our mantra, our theme, our battle cry for 2023 is I am unstoppable. I pray that those words have been empowering for some this year and transformative for others. I want this morning to look at the gospel according to Mark, the book of Mark. Chapter 2. And those who are my tech people, just take the sound down a little bit in these monitors. I'm deafening myself. I'm just a little bit in these monitors. Good. Mark 2, 1 through 12. And I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version of Scripture. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that There was no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easy to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we thank you. We honor you, O God, for how even now in this moment, you're reminding us of your ever-present love and comfort and kindness. God, you remind us every day that it is not enough to acknowledge you for what you do for us. You challenge us to replicate that for others. 
You remind us, O oh God, that the best we can do as human beings is to serve another human being, to offer love and support. That's what it means not to just be a believer, what it means to be a human being, to transcend selfishness and narrowness and expand ourselves through service to others. Thank you for that reminder. Now, God, we come for a word from you. You use us, O oh God, to proclaim the word, but the word comes from you. So, God, thank you for revelation today. Open our hearts, open our eyes, open our minds, open our spirits, that we might be receptive to what you are doing on this day. We love you, God. We honor you, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me just lift up a verse, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Sons, your sins are forgiven. Very briefly, I want to speak from this subject, unstoppable friendship. Unstoppable friendship. There are so many ways that we try to measure who are real friends in our lives. Oftentimes, we confuse acquaintances with friends or even people we fellowship with as friends. Friendship means a little bit more than just hanging out, having lunch, having dinner, having brunch, having drinks. It's a little deeper than social interaction. Friendship means that you understand the essential nature of friendship and you understand that it is truly essential to the soul. And having people in your life that you can count on, depend on, people you know will have your best interests at heart, that is what defines, in some ways, people you deem as friends. We use that word too cavalierly in these days. We're too casual about how we say, this is my friend. Because if I truly have a friend, I don't have to worry about whether that friend will do something to hurt me, harm me, stab me in the back, or undermine who I am. That is what a friend does. It doesn't mean there won't be times where there'll be disagreements, but those disagreements are always short-lived because what trumps the disagreements is the bond that you have in friendship. And that friendship is rooted in a deep and abiding love. If I have to look over my shoulder when I'm with you, you're not my friend. If I have to worry about what I say around you so as not to hurt your feelings, I may not be your friend. For friends can handle me when I'm not always at my best. Friends can handle me when things are not always going right in my life. They, they can sense when my mood shifts because something is going wrong. And don't try to impose their will for me to come out of what I'm in so that they can feel better for themselves. Again, you will have many acquaintances in life, but you won't always have friends. So that when you have friends, and they're going to tell you, if you just have two real friends, 
is more than having 30 acquaintances. And can I also remind you, just a sidebar, people who follow you on social media ain't your friends. I got to tell some folk that because it takes nothing to press click to follow you, but it takes something more to stand with you when you're going through something. Friends are people who are dependable and trustworthy. Dependable and trustworthy. You know you can call them up at any time. Jesus gave this example that they can knock on your door at midnight in need and you will be there for them and they will be there for you. They are dependable and trustworthy. Can I add this other thing in case you're writing down some notes? They are dependable, trustworthy. Here's one I love. A real friend is low maintenance. Oh, I hope you get that today. A real friend is low maintenance. I, I have people who I call friends who, who are borderline brothers and sisters because when you get to a point in a journey, that's not a friend no more. That's your brother. That The mark of real friendship is when they transcend bloodlines and become closer than even the people who have the same blood you possess. Low maintenance. I have friends right now. We can go months without talking, but when we do talk, we pick up from the last conversation that we left off Nobody says, I ain't heard from you in a while. You ain't text me. You ain't call me because friends are low maintenance. Can I give you this one, too? They're dependable, trustworthy, low maintenance, but they also are empathetic. They feel what you go through. They feel your hurt. They feel your joy. They feel your pain. They feel when things are going on. They are empathetic and they stand with you, sit with you, are with you in those moments because they are empathetic. Not pathetic. <laughs> empathetic. See, can I add this before I sit down? I'll be done. When you really have friends like this, they'll go through great lengths to see you at your best. Oh, my God. They want ultimately to see you at your, your best because they are your friends. This scene there's a lot that's not said that actually speaks volumes. Unlike other scenes where someone is dealing with some ailment and affliction, this scene never says that the man was born paralyzed. In other accounts, there are people who have afflictions from birth, but here it never says that. I love this account because what I'm convinced me it happens is that somewhere along the life of this man, he became possibly unable to walk. The word there in Greek for paralytic doesn't just mean paralyzed. It means ailment or sickness or affliction. In this case, it means that the man had some affliction in which he was unable to walk. But I'm not convinced textually he was born that way. Something may have happened during the course of his life that caused him to lose the ability to walk. 
But those people, it says in the scripture, four of them in particular, who had carried him around, give some clues to the fact that I don't think he was born this way because oftentimes people who are born with some affliction, you know the thought, the thought was that they had sinned or that their family had sinned and if they were born with some affliction, it meant that they were carrying some generational quote-unquote curse or some generational sin that transferred over to the children. And, and here's the thing, most folk did not want to engage people who had these kinds of issues. That's why they found themselves often on the margins of culture, the margins of society, because their affliction was thought to be justifiable punishment for whatever sin they had committed. Again, somewhere along the line, this man lost the ability to walk. And yes, there were probably some who looked at him and thought he did something wrong. And that was probably a, quite a few people. I mean, if you think about the Old Testament, the book of Job, and Job suffered all these afflictions, the loss of children, the loss of his own wealth, the loss of his own health. And he had friends who showed up. And here's the thing, the, the real issue is were they really friends in the first place? Because when they all showed up to Job, they all blamed him. They said nothing about the sores on his body, nothing about the loss of children, nothing about the loss of his possessions. They sat there and blamed him. This was the practice in many ways, that there were people, when they saw the affliction come upon you like Job, they blamed the individual for their, this situation, for their circumstances, especially if they weren't born this way. Surely there was something you've done that you brought this on yourself. That thinking is still not far away even today. There's still some of us who look at people going through things in life and we never think that this is connected to life circumstances. We often look at the individuals and think, what did they do wrong? What did they do so that these consequences would befall them? You all have been here long enough and you all know that this is not about who did anything wrong at times when you see people going through in something called life. And life is filled with so many inconsistencies and there's so many people who deal with so many things. And we have to be careful the way we speak. There's a song that we used to sing in church and, and we sing it sometimes. And we, it's even being resurfaced now in a particular song. We say things like, it could have been me. Outdoors. With no clothes, no food. You know what you're saying when you say that? Because there are people outdoors with no clothes and no food. And then you say, but God keeps on blessing me. Well, what about them? Theologically, you've created a situation where you think God favors you over the people who's struggling. And that's not the case. That feeds into the idea that somehow we're better than some folk because we believe in God or trust in God, that somehow our connection to God makes us better than folks who are struggling. And then we wonder why people are turned off by so-called believers because we look down our nose at people who are going through things and we say, it could have been me. Or we say this thing, there but for the grace of God, go I. But where's God's grace for the people who are hungry? Where's God's grace for the people who have nowhere to go? You see how this doesn't add up? And then you get to Matthew 25 and Jesus says that who you are as a person, a believer, how the judgment will be reaped upon you is based on your ability to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and give water to those who are thirsty and visit those who are sick and in prison and welcome the stranger. The very things we think sometimes make us better than other people will be the determining factor of who we really are. Did you expand yourself to help somebody in need or did you simply look at them and say, thank God it ain't me? Because when you start saying, thank God, it ain't me, 
you're not really as close to Jesus as you think you may be. I don't know much about this man in the scene who could not walk, but I know he had some friends. He had some friends. It says four of them in particular. I'm convinced they knew who he was before the affliction came and they wanted him to be better than he was at that moment. I already said it. The mark of friendship is when you see me in my low space at my worst moment and your friendship is of such that it wants to see me better, restored. I know they knew him how he used to be. He used to walk and he used to be carefree and he used to have life. And now they see him unable to walk, sitting on a mat, depending on people, and they wanted to see him better. I don't know how long they were carrying him, but real friends don't put a timetable on compassion. I hope you hear that today. Real friends don't put a timetable on compassion. They're willing to open up their soul to make you better, to help you get to a better place. That's how you measure it. Anybody can be there with you for the short haul. It is those who stand with you when the affliction is ongoing and who give themselves to you. That's what it means. Friendship is not just about who's dependable, trustworthy, that they're low maintenance. They are willing to sacrifice for you. Well, you know you got a friend when they say stuff like, hey, hey, if I got it, guess what? That's it. If I got $2, you got one. They understand that. They carried him. They carried him. It doesn't say everywhere, but they carried him and had been carrying him. And they may not have marked the time and marked the day because they were not doing that. They knew their friend needed help. And if he could not help himself, they were there to help him because they saw no qualitative difference between them and him. It wasn't there but for the grace of God go. I know because of the grace of God, we are here together. You need some unstoppable friends who will go through great lengths to love you back to wholeness. You need some unstoppable friends who will go to great lengths to see you at your best. You need some unstoppable friends. I ain't talking about fair weather folk. You see, here's a, a litmus test. If you have friends who are only there in your time of affliction, but watch this, are not always around when things are better, watch them. Because there's nothing sometimes more despicable to the possibility of friendship than folk who are always present in your misery but can't celebrate in your breakthrough. Oh, you know who they are. When you start talking about how good things are in your life, you could read it on their face. You know what they're saying when they're looking at you. Hey, I got to hear all this again. No, you know who they are. 
They rolling their eyes. When you talking about how good God has been in your life. Doors start opening. Opportunities start unveiling. And then you got to be careful what you say because you don't want them to feel bad. Yeah. You got to tap dance around your own joy. Because you don't want them to feel bad. I hate to break it to you. That's not an unstoppable friend. No, because your unstoppable friend wants to see you so good and so better that they understand your breakthrough is their breakthrough. They know how to rejoice with you. Because so often when we go through things in life, we don't think that people will be there for us. And in this season where so many people are dealing with different kinds of mental and emotional anguish because of the times, there's so many of us who've, who felt so alone because there weren't people who checked on us or looked out for us or called us. So many of us who felt alone. It doesn't matter how many people surround me because I could be surrounded by sanctuary people and not feel the closeness of friendship. So many of us are navigating our way through miserable moments and don't have friends who are there with us, who stick close, who, who don't leave me or want to leave me or desire to leave me because they want to be there with me. That's friendship. They carried this man. Until one day, they felt hope was on the agenda. This comes early in the Gospel of Mark. The trajectory is amazing. Jesus goes from baptism to being driven to the wilderness to then going, healing people, going to Peter's house, healing his mother-in-law. After he heals, heals Peter's mother-in-law, it said all the people started bringing folk who were sick to Peter's house because Jesus was there, and it said he healed everybody. He healed everybody. Then after he healed everybody who was there, he went back into the wilderness that was the place of his initiating engagement with God. I'll talk about that another day because, remember, he was baptized in the wilderness, driven deeper into the wilderness, and when he wanted to get away from people who tried to reimagine his work, he went back to the wilderness for further direction. He comes out of the wilderness and he begins to move again. And if you read Mark's gospel, we often don't talk about, and I mentioned this some years ago, we don't talk about like where Jesus lived. He had a home. Because in Mark's gospel, in the second chapter, it said when he had returned home, the people were crowding around the home. So much so he couldn't even remove, maneuver in. They had the front door even blocked off from all the people. Can you imagine when people are so desirous for what you have that they come in throngs, not because they really care for you, but for what you can do for them. When you have something that people want, you'll always have a crowd. That don't mean you'll have friends. And so Jesus gets there and the people are there waiting with all sorts of folk who are sick and hurting. And while Jesus is walking to the house, there's another group of people who are walking to the place as well. These four friends who've been carrying their friend. They don't know, we don't know how long, but they carry him. They get there because they believe in their heart that this Galilean carpenter can do something to help their friends, which means this, this, this. Not only were they dependable, trustworthy, not only were they sacrificed by carrying him, but watch this. They, they took him to the place where they thought 
his transformation could take place. Okay, let me say it a different way. Friends will help you get in position for your breakthrough. Do you, you, you hear what I'm saying? Those four people were not there for themselves. It says nothing about them wanting their own issues dealt with. They wanted to make sure this man was in a position that he could be seen and touched by Jesus, who they believed was the source of this man's healing, and they were willing to get him in position. Because not only are your friends sacrificial, but they're also unstoppable, which means they are relentless. They were not going to leave that place until their friend was seen by Jesus. They couldn't get through the front door because it was packed, crowded, so many people there. Do you understand what these four friends did? They went and tore up Jesus's house. Oh, man, okay. I'll be done in a second, but listen. They, they started rearranging things so that their friend could get in position. You ain't caught that yet. I, I, they, let me put it relevant. They were willing to tear some stuff up. I got to put it that way. In order to make sure that their friend could be healed. You, you, okay, maybe you don't have friends like that. But I know. I got some friends in my life who will tear some stuff up when it comes to me. When it comes to looking out for me. You, 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 you better not get in their way. And if you try to step to me, they'll block you before you even get my way. Because you need some friends who are also willing to protect you when stuff ain't going right. Okay, I'm sorry. That was a little street of me. but uh... Well, let me stay there. When the fight break out, if they running and leaving you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to talk like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had a flashback for a second. <laughs> Woo. All right, let me put it this way. They will risk their well-being to make sure you're good. Because we think about them tearing up the roof, but they, watch this, they climb onto the roof holding their friend. Can you see this? They figured out how to get up and bring their friend up. Oh, wait a minute. So you mean if you got a friend who's rising up, they don't mind bringing you up with them? I know it's a metaphor, but you get it. All right, let me help you. You got a friend who's had doors open up. Your friend knows your skill set. Look at my granddaughter crawling on the floor. Your friends know your skill set. They know what you can do. The door has opened up for them. And here's what your friend does. Your friend speaks about you in places that you are not because they know that if the door opened for them, they want to see the same door open up for you. That's when you know you got a friend 
who speaks about your gifts in places you are not to create opportunities for you because they're not selfish with their breakthrough and their achievements. In other words, if I rise, you rise. When they went up on that roof, they pulled their friend up on the roof, tore the roof up, lowered him down. Hold on. Lowered him down in the presence of Jesus. They weren't trying to get nothing. They just wanted their friend seen. You see, it wasn't about them. It was about their friend. They wanted him better. They wanted his healing. They wanted his breakthrough. That when they lowered him down, watch what Jesus said. He said, because of your faith. Y'all missed that. Look what y'all went through to get him in front of me because of your faith. I don't know nothing about this man in front of me, but I know he got some friends who care about him because of your faith. Oh, my God. Can, can you imagine when your faith brings about your friend's breakthrough? When your faith brings about your friend's healing? When your faith creates opportunities for people around you when your blessings causes you to make room for other people when your help causes you to help other people that means your friends ain't selfish they ain't stingy they ain't even worried about what they don't have they want to make sure you got something those are what you call unstoppable friends Jesus said, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. I wish I had more time because it's amazing. In this one room, where friends and enemies occupied the same space. His friends got his sins forgiven, but the enemies got them healed. I'll leave that for another day. His friends. His friends. The faith and belief of his friends created a space for his breakthrough. That's what you need. You don't need not one more acquaintance. But if you got a few unstoppable friends, your life, your life is gifted. When you have people in your life who you know got you, I'm talking about got you. You got something. You might be here with your friend today. And if you got somebody who fits the bill I just described. You have a priceless gift. You don't need a whole lot. But if you got one, who you never have to question, you never have to worry about where they stand. They don't need you to talk to them every day. I got one friend of mine who every now and again, 
people send me one text. And that's it. Here's the text. You good? Then I like, yeah, you good? Yeah. And we don't talk for another month. That's it. But I know if I call him, it's deep. We saw each other in October in Atlanta. We hadn't seen each other in a long time. From the day we met in college, we were friends. We were friends. And when I saw him, we hugged, we embraced, because I was proud of all the things he was doing. And every now and again, I send a text, I'm like, bro, I'm proud of you. That's when you got somebody. Again, that's right, baby. <laughs> Unstoppable friends. Check who's in your circle. And let me tell you, it's okay to say, hey, this is an acquaintance. This is somebody I go have lunch with. That's fine. But then see who your friends are. Because those are the folk. Those are the people who you need in your life. Come on, beloved, stand on your feet today. See, when you talk about these issues, you're in the same tradition of Jesus. He taught. When they called him master on one occasion in the land, what we call the, when they were celebrating Passover, Jesus said, no, no, we passed that. He said, we are friends now. He told them that. He said, we ain't teacher and student. We're friends. Jesus then started washing the feet of his friends. Told him that greater love hath no man than this than to lay down his life for a friend. Because when I read the scriptures, friendship is big on Jesus' agenda. Having friends. I remember I had a friend in my life who I know cared about me who said something to me because I was here in New York and, and this friend said, I'm going to pray that God sends you friends. They saw how lonely it could be at times and they said, I'm going to pray that God will send you friends. That is a friend who will say, listen, I love you so much, I don't mind other folk occupying this space. Because I want to see you better. If you don't have those kind of people today, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. In fact, let me, and I don't mean, this is not putting anybody on the spot. But if you, if you need those kind of friends in your life and you don't feel them, just raise your hand right now. Just be honest. Thank you. You see, that's, thank you for that. Because sometimes you might be here with somebody like, I ain't your friend now. But watch this. Watch this. I ain't trying to be funny. But if they ask that question, that might be an indication of something. Because then it's about you and not me. 
We're going to pray today. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you for this beautiful reminder today that no one makes it through this life on their own. Thank God. Thank you, God, for those of us who can say we have true friends in our lives, unstoppable friends who will use their ability and their power, their strengths, their gifts to see us better. Thank you, God, for those unstoppable people that we call friends. God, there's some here today who don't feel that, who don't feel as though they have that. God, let them know that they're seen right now by you. Remind them, oh God, to open their hearts and their spirits so that when those friends show up, that there are no walls between them and the friends. Because God, sometimes we build these walls because we've been hurt by people who are our friends. Or so we thought. We've been wounded by people we thought were friends. So God, it's not that friends are not on the way. Help us to be receptive when they arrive. God, thank you for the gift of friendship, for it is truly essential to our souls. And God, for those of us, oh God, who are friends to other people, God, thank you for the encouragement. Because being a true friend is no easy journey, especially when you lead with love and compassion. So thank you, oh God, for strengthening us right now to be better friends. Thank you, O oh God, for encouraging us right now to continue in our commitment and our compassion and our solidarity with the people in our lives that we call friend. We love you, God. And we honor you, Lord. God, thank you just for being in the number today. We are so grateful. Lord, this is our prayer. In your name we pray. And we say amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again. And we look forward.